In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of uh whatever it is uh ghost chronicles i am ron kolick your host the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown the unexplained the unbelievable new england's own van helsink with me my co-host the queen of something or other and uh the blonde bombshell and uh, all that stuff what? and Terrigan. <laughs> hi well, that was quite an introduction. You know what? It's a bit. That's all I can say. You know. <laughs> well, good evening, and how are you? Um, compared to <laughs> the rest of the normal world, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I always thought Facebook. It looks like you're a member of the Mile Club now, huh? Oh, ha ha! Very funny. What? What? I'm not flying. Oh, I'm I missed that part. Walking. Walking. Oh, I never did it walking, so I, I can't <laughs> tell you. It's nine miles on the treadmill. <laughs> oh, on a tread. Well, I never did it on a treadmill either. <laughs> Whatever I did. I think that could be dangerous. So. Whatever I did. Hey, before we get too further into the show, I would like to wish my husband, Tom, a very happy birthday. Oh, I was going to do that. You were? Yeah. Well, I beat you to it. I have a nice side of me, you know. You do? Yeah, somewhere. Cut it out. <laughs> so, Tom, happy birthday, guy. Yay! Yay! Yep, yep, yep. See, yep, now he's famous. Yep. Now is that out of the way? Now he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's going on? Um, uh, You know, lots of birds are dropping dead. What's up with that? Yeah, how crazy is that? First in Arkansas, now in Kentucky, and in Sweden, too. Oh, I didn't hear about Sweden. Oh, yeah. And they don't know why. Because they're dead. Well, yeah, duh. But I mean, you know, randomly and... Hey, all I can say, it coincides with the premiere of V, the second season. So I don't know. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. The premiere of the what? Of V. Oh. V. You know, that one where the aliens come to Earth, yada, yada, yada. Oh. I've never watched it, but... I have Whatever. Either. That's all I know. It's, 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 maybe they're just going around um, poisoning, poisoning the publicity stunt. I don't know. The birds. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's poison all these birds for a publicity stunt. There you go. Good Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Viking says maybe they just get tired of flying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Maybe they maybe they heard Ghost Chronicles. They were kamikaze birds. There you go. All right, so so who do we have on our show today, anyway? Ooh, tonight we have Kristen Good and Manny Famolare from the Bridgewater Triangle. What? Is she good? Is she good? Kristen Good. You'll have to ask her. Didn't we have somebody be good just a little while ago? Um, different. Really? Different good. There's all kind of good goods. This is getting very odd. (laughs) Very bizarre. So... Speaking of bizarre, we don't have it, so we can't oh. play it. <laughs> uh, well, that that would that would take care of that. But I know. Why don't we play Cemetery Trippin'? Because I understand Ooh. we have a new one. Yes, we do. So let her rip. Yeah. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where each week I will feature a different cemetery that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taffophile or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today I bring you to Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge, Massachusetts, a national historic landmark founded in 1831. It was the first large-scale rural cemetery in America, open to the public and inspired by Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris. The founders of this garden-style cemetery believed that burying and commemorating the dead was best done at a short distance from the city center, in a tranquil and beautiful natural setting. Natural landscaping with ornamental plantings, monuments, fences, fountains, and chapels was set in place and was copied widely throughout the United States, giving birth to the rural cemetery movement and the tradition of garden cemeteries. Their popularity led, in turn, to the establishment of America's public parks. Mount Auburn is a photographer's and a taffophile's dream, with statuary at almost every turn. Angels, cherubs, children, and even dogs. There are over 30,000 monuments on the grounds, including a mini sphinx. Architectural embellishments in the various vaults, chapels, and mausoleums is amazing and is a study in itself. A visit in any season is stunning, but I find myself drawn back during the autumn when the vivid colors of the trees are at their peak. You can rent a self-guided walking tour, a one-hour car tour, or even sign up for a group visit. Washington Tower in the middle of the grounds gives a panoramic view of Boston and is well worth the climb to the top. Some famous residents of Mount Auburn include Mary Baker Eddy, Charles Bullfinch, Isabella Stewart Gardner, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Winslow Homer, Henry Cabot Lodge, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and Charles Sumner. When you visit, make sure to give yourself a lot of time. I would suggest an entire day, at least, and pack a lunch. At 175 acres, the cemetery is enormous and easy to get lost in. Maps are available at the front gate and office now strongly suggested. There is parking within the cemetery on any road without a green line. You can obtain driving directions on the cemetery's website at www.mountauburn.org, as well as other important information. Oh, well, back. So what do you think? I thought it was 
Fantastic. I thought you would. <laughs> Laura from the chat room says she uh, almost got kicked out of there or something. Really? Yeah, well, she's kind of a scary character anyways. I don't know if no. you But anyway. Uh, you're mean. I Laura am not. Is, Laura is not. So speaking about being mean, why don't we bring our guest on? Okay. Hello? Hello? Hi, it's Kristen. Oh, hi, Kristen. Hi, Manny. Hi, Manny. How are you? Hi. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ian. Hello. We're excited to finally have you on here. I know. Oh, thank you. We had a little oops last week, but that's okay. We have you now. That's all right. I think we all need to chill out after the (laughs) holiday. I agree. I totally agree. I, I think Eric just got lazy. That's what uh, that is uh, all about. Oh, it's Eric's fault. Yeah, of course right. it's Eric's fault. Let's blame, let's blame Eric. He's the producer. All right. Well, then. That's so, anyways, why don't you why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, in uh, why don't we start with Kristen? Oh, okay. All right. Well, I live <laughs> in Halifax. Grew up in Hampton, so I've um, been on the fringes of the Triangle my whole life, pretty much. Seen a lot of weird things, and um, I got into the Triangle about two years ago, and I just haven't stopped researching. And my um, primary focus is the Native American connection, and um, less cryptozoology and more history. I really focus on Bridgewater history, murders, suicides. I've been keeping track of the accidents lately. Mm-hmm. So there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And what about, what about you, Manny? Well, I grew up in East Bridgewater. I moved there in about the uh, second grade. Mm-hmm. I heard about the Bridgewater Triangle through a family friend. She started telling me some odd things that were going on in East Bridgewater. And I've always been into the mysterious things. I used to uh, watch Unsolved Mysteries because that was one of my favorite shows. So this lady knew that I was into these odd things and she started telling me about uh, certain places where birds were disappearing and people were vanishing. So I got hooked uh, on that, found out that it was called the Bridgewater Triangle, and I've been hooked since. Excellent. I was actually first introduced to the Bridgewater Triangle by uh, a little... Uh, troll by the name of uh, Chris Belzano. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were going to see a puck wedgie, but... That's actually Now, do you guys know Chris? Have you met him before at all? Um, I've never met him. I've talked to him online. He seems mm-hmm. really nice. Mm-hmm. He is. Super guy. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure he'd he really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> he'd appreciate yeah. Ron calling him a troll. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. yeah. He's one of my best listeners. Right. <laughs> he calls me Uncle Ron. Ah. Anyways, How old are you, Ron? Uh, I'm older than Dirt. Older than the Bridgewater Triangle, actually. Really? Methuselah. So you've seen everything, huh? Yeah. So, actually, we have a question from the uh, Tojinet chat room, and that is, what is the Bridgewater Triangle? So, wh- who wants to fill that one? How about you, Manny? Okay. Well, it's an area in southeastern Massachusetts that covers about 200 square miles with Abington at one point, Rehoboth at another, and Freetown at the other end. And it was first uh, coined by a cryptozoologist by the name of Lauren Coleman, who was in the area back in the 70s and early 80s uh, investigating um, 
a lot of uh, odd stories of Bigfoot sightings and, uh, and uh, among other things. And he coined the term the Bridgewater Triangle after the Bermuda Triangle, when the Bermuda Triangle got big back in the late 70s and uh, early 80s. And it's, uh, it's an area that um, is plagued with brutal murders, uh, satanic activity, UFOs, Bigfoot, everything in the uh, everything Ghost. that you can possibly think of. Ghosts, Native American spirits. Helicopters. Um, yep, black car helicopters, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Phantom hitchhikers. Yeah, Phantom Hitchhikers, of course. Can't <laughs> leave that one out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, Indian curses, a lot of Indian burial grounds uh, dating back uh, possibly thousands of years ago um, <laughs> as Hockamuck Swamp, in, uh, which covers a few towns, it's about 5,000 acres. That actually is said to be the heart of the uh, Bridgewater Triangle, which is it's, uh, it's full of quicksand and... Uh, in areas that are almost impassable on foot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not fun. It is actually, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of main trails down the Bay Circuit Trail you can go right through. And as long as you stay on the path, you have nothing to worry about. Right. Oh, but yeah. you just don't wander off the path. It is easy to get lost. Now, I, yeah, I have a question because as close as, I mean, I'm in the Bridgewater Triangle, where is that the That explains best- a lot. Yeah. So where is the best, like, entrance to access the Bridgewater Triangle? Okay, well, if you're just going to take one person, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to take one car, that would Mm -hmm. be right at the bridge on Elm Street. There's a nice clear path. Um, You go over what I believe is called the ancient Indian bridge. It's a stone bridge over a river, and it's a nice clear path. Mm-hmm. It's this in, is, like, the Scotland area. In Scotland, okay. I was going to ask. Scotland what... area. A lot of people go off the track, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that path that much. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm an expert by any means, because I've only been in the swamp about five times. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, usually uh, in the library. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then, but that's a good place to start, because I think a lot of people... Um, obviously are afraid. I mean, it's a huge, huge area. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just wander off in there. And yeah, there are plenty of safe places, and it's all mapped out. If anyone goes to the baycircuit.org um, website, mm-hmm. it gives you exact directions and instructions on where to park and if it's, you know. My, most of Hockamock Swamp is owned by the Mass Wildlife Association, mm-hmm. but some is private property. So okay, it, it is a good idea to check. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But, but there are other areas than the Waccamaw Waka Swamp. And, uh, you know, the Triangle, of course, we know Freetown State Forest is an excellent place to go hiking. And uh, the uh, legends there as well. Yeah. Yep, a lot of night. people go no dirt hiking bike riding at night. there as well. I'm scared to death of Freetown Forest, personally. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the one place in my research I don't really want to go because mm-hmm. Manny knows exactly what I'm talking about. We've seen crime photos. Um, we saw the, you know, the infamous bunker incident where the hunter in the 90s found the underground bunker mm-hmm. with the children's torture chairs. Oh. And we were both horrified, Manny and I, when we saw the, the pictures because it was all baby clothes. Oh, and no. clothes, and it was. I'm a mom, and it was really disturbing. So, 
Freetown Forest is like the, it's so hard for me to go there because it's like the, so horrendous when you read about these crimes, mm-hmm. you well, know? Well, two things. First of all, I actually was able to investigate Freetown State Forest, so we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I had never heard of this bunker. Uh, is there, I mean, where can, for instance, if I wanted to learn more about it, where could I learn more about this bunker? Okay, well, the bunker, Manny, am I right in saying that that would be in um, Dark Woods? I believe that would be covered in Chris Bozano's book, Dark Woods. Oh, I have, there is an article about and it. Yeah, there is an article about it. If you wanted more information on it, I would talk to Chris because he's the expert. <laughs> and um, if you know Alan Elves, he's the, um, the, the cult cop, famous cult cop that solved um, a lot of the satanic crime murders. Right. He has a lot of information, too, obviously, if you know oh. him. He's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I had never, ever heard of it. Now, I know, uh, isn't it that's so freaky? That's the story that freaks me out the very, very most. And mm. and it was found abandoned, so, you know, nobody ever got caught for it. But right. it was obviously designed for our children. Oh. Very, very creepy. Ew. Very creepy. One of the... Another famous case that gets brought to mind when people hear about the Freetown State Forest is, of course, that's where Mary Lou Arruda was found. Right. Back in back in the seventies, and that case went that case went for uh, for years before James Cater was actually convicted. Right. Um, There's actually a a baseball field dedicated to her in Rainham, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, she was found there, kind of tied to a tree, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, when you hear that story and you actually go into that one, it's 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 very sad what mm-hmm. happened to her. So sad. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get into graphic details, but mm-hmm. yeah. it was horrific. Mm-hmm. Someone from the uh, chat room actually says, Hockamock means place where spirits dwell? Yep, exactly. That was um, Algonquin where spirits dwell, both good and evil. A lot of people have um, have it confused because colonists called it Devil Swamp. Mm-hmm. And a lot of websites and books will say that the the Wampanoags called it um, Devil Swamp, but they didn't. That was what the settlers called it because the English just weren't familiar with a swamp um, territory. It scared them. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't used to the animals in the swamp. A lot of them went in there and never came out. So, right. right. So you are more into the history than the cryptozoology. Yes, um, I am, and I'm I'm kind of, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big cryptozoologist, but well, yeah, um, I know um, they talk. Can you can you tell us what what kind of um, funky creatures you've you've you know heard about or or they talk about in there? Sure, Manny, do you want to answer this? Well, probably the one that comes to my, well. Well, I'll answer one. Probably the one, of course, that comes to mind that everybody asks me is, of course, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, people, people, everybody knows of uh, Joe DeAndre back in 1978 uh, at an area known as the Claybanks in Bridgewater. He was there, uh, and he saw what he said was the back of, um, he said it was a creature that looked like the Sasquatch, like Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And he ended up making um, basically international news with it. Fox 25 interviewed him. Uh, he was Monica. on uh, Ghost Chronicles, yeah, and he was, uh, there's, there's there's over 30 years' worth of articles on him as to what he saw, but there is no actual proof as to what he saw. It's, it's his words, but he stated that it was it was tall and it was furry, and he saw the back of it, 
across the lake, and it was walking like um, almost like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It was Chewbacca. So, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, with, as with any as with any Bigfoot story, the the Patterson film comes to mind because that was was brought out to be a hoax afterwards. That was mm-hmm. done in 1967. So um, I know that that was seen. Uh, in numerous parts of Elm Street as well, uh, down by the power lines. Mm-hmm. Um, there was tracks found down by the power lines. And uh, there's also been sightings of, uh, of a gigantic snake. Ew. And, uh, yeah, yeah, back in the uh, 1933, I believe. And, uh, Manny, the, uh, didn't you just recently find an um, article from Middleborough, too, that described the same kind of snake? Yep, that was actually back, weeks I ago. believe. Yeah, it was back in the It was in a river under a bridge. It was described just as, like just like the 1939 sighting in the swamp. And then yeah, I came across a- an article last year, and I can't find it. And it was actually an article, um, I don't know, from like Baltimore or something, some someplace far away, and it was in the 1800s. And they were talking about that Bridgewater, Massachusetts, in a lake called Lake Nipponucket, had snakes so big they were eating trout. And yeah. I thought... Well, maybe that's odd if they were reporting about it in Baltimore, you know? <laughs> maybe that wasn't normal. I don't know. Right. Yeah. The Nip is a very mysterious little little pond there, little lake, and uh, it, it's only six feet deep, but there's been such a high number of, of bizarre accidents in, that, in there that um, it really makes you wonder if all the stories uh, of... Uh, of a sea monster in there are really true. There's been <laughs> tons of bizarre accidents, boating bizarre. accidents. Uh, this, this is yeah. like one of me and Manny's favorite places because it absolutely is a mystery. The average depth of Lake Nipnicket is three feet. Wow. Some points at its very deepest point, it's six feet deep. Mm-hmm. And we've historically found so many stories of, like, canoes tipping over, bodies never found, mm-hmm. drownings, um... Manny found a fabulous one last week. Tell, tell Ann and Ron about that one, about the um, guy on the island. Manny. Oh, there was, um, that was back, I believe, in the 1800s. There was a guy that actually walked off the shel- uh, shelf, it said, on the island, and he just he vanished. And, he, and he, couldn't, he, he couldn't swim. It sounded like he was in a trance. He just walked right off and Ooh, drowned. And they couldn't, find him for, they couldn't find him for about an hour Well. How does that work? Right, in a in a a body of water that's shallow. I was shocked right. when I found out how shallow Lake Nipponick yeah. was after reading about it for months. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, what, you know what's interesting what? is that the uh, the legend of Freetown State Forest is that uh, people have similar instances. Of course, it's much much deeper, but they'll go there in a good frame of mind. They'll get to the ledge and they'll just. Uh, Walk off it. I know. I've heard those stories too. Yeah. Yep. That's that, that's your puckwudgies. One of the reasons why I I've know. been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing that Kristen and I found is that if you go on Google Earth and you actually look at the Estonian lead, it's actually smudged out. It's blurred out. It's the whole top of the ledge, which is odd because if you go to Quincy Quarries or any other ledge, mm-hmm. they're they're not blurred out. So it's it's. Makes you wonder why that the Estonia was. Yeah, I found a smudge mark out. in Hockamock Swamp too. It is odd. Really? That's weird. Yep. Very. 
strange. Now I'm going to have to go to Google Earth and look. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll it's become an obsession. Fun. And don't look at Copeland Street. <laughs> then you'll never stop looking. Right, Manny? Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't hold what that. Is. That kept me up for like two days straight looking at that one. Why? Why? What's up with Copeland? It's just um, a really strange image. I mean, it could be a reflection, but um, you can see it looks like a huge cross. Um, uh-huh. going and it's going over the swamp. It's multicolored, and, and if you look at it from a street view, it has all kinds of dimensions. It looks like an energy field. That's all I can say. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a large lens flare. Or a large <laughs> like lens a very, flare. Very large lens it's flare. It's interesting. <laughs> whatever it is, it's it's um, it looks like a, a work of art. It's beautiful. Wow. It's a reflection. It's a reflection, but it's just it's really cool to look at. It's the old sky view drive-in. It's just, you know, it absorbed all that. Why, light. was there a drive-in in Bridgewater? Um, there was. There was. Yeah, Kmart, there was. Oh, there Brock- was? Yep. Brockton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there was a drive-in behind Kmart. It's now uh, an over-55 community, I think. No, oh, okay. <laughs> yep, it is. Oh, it is. Young for me. Us townies know that, huh, Manny? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know uh, yeah, that. You know what I remember that drive-in, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've you've um, investigated... The cotton gin, right? Next yes. to Station Farm? Absolutely, yep. Did you ever get anything in there? Because Station Rock Farm is one of my, my major points of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, I mean, we got quite a few. We always get EVPs. Um, I mean, my friend Mike Markowitz, he, he got some strange... Um, we got, like, some names in there, but, I mean, nothing really huge, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, you know, really, really bizarre. Okay. But um, he did get, he's he's gotten EVPs from Sachem Rock Farm um, of people saying, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, uh, really. And he was just walking around the grounds. So. Yeah, yeah, well, if there's something really negative in that house, and mm-hmm. you can't get in there, I, they let maps in there, Massachusetts area paranormal society last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they let them in, but they did, and um, they got some good stuff. But that's one of the areas of my research, and mm-hmm. um, a person that lived there was a murderer, so that's interesting that he got mm-hmm. that, e- that EVP. Mm-hmm. Robert okay. Latham, well, we the first person that lived there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take sure. a break right now, so oh, okay. you guys hold on for a, a bit. Sure. Uh, and also, I, I, I do have a clip I got from Australia uh, for the second half of the show in which... It is the cry of a half-man, half-beast. So that will be coming cool. up later later on at the end of the show. So okay. anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick, and we'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet. Ghost Channel and Beyond. Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Druggynet.com. And we are back. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And now what were we talking about? We were talking about Sage Rock Farm? We were talking about Sage Rock Farm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike Mar- Markowitz's EVP and the fact mm-hmm. that there was a murderer that lived there. Right, right. Um, the thing about that house, I mean, we've we've actually been in that house. We probably weren't supposed to be in there, but we were in there somehow. Um, <laughs> um, we didn't get much inside the house. Mike's always gotten more outside. Yeah, yeah. So oh, good because I'm going there Friday with some equipment. So and I Ooh. can't get in, so that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, bring your snow boots. <laughs> so well, let me ask. Yeah, you I will. You said with some equipment. What type of equipment are you bringing, and what type of equipment do you use? Well, I'm not. I'm a paranormal researcher. I've never claimed to be an investigator, although I'd love to go on an investigation. And for Christmas, I got a few things. So, I actually have um, a ghost meter and digital recorder, and I had nothing before. So, and every well, just about every time I've gone to Station Rock, I've felt something. I felt really negative energy from the house and really peaceful energy at the rock. So, be interested to see if um, if I if I feel anything. I brought a little psychic friend of mine before, and she claims that the person in the house does not like me. And I, <laughs> I feel sick a lot when I go there. I get either get a headache or I get nauseous until I get away from the house. It's really strange. Wow. Well, the rock is supposed to be. Um you know, that's where they went and they had the ceremonies and um, it was supposed to be, you know, a, a place of peace. So, Well, it, yeah, it started out as a place of peace, but mm-hmm. it, it, well, you know, it yeah. ended up being the loss of, the beginning of the loss of Indi- <clears throat> Native American in- innocence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Massasoit gave away Bridgewater for $35 right. at that rock, you know. Way to go. Well, he got more than, than uh, what the hell is that other island here, man, Tucker or whatever. <laughs> Manhattan. Manhattan, that's right. So what about, I know, now I know you guys have been, um, you're working on a documentary and. We are. I'm sorry? We are, yep. Oh, you are, yes. I'm, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. I'm really excited because Manny came into EBC TV, where I work, <laughs> the other week. Yep. Um, so that's something we'll be that coming I'm, back soon. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm just really excited to see that happening and very pleased that you came in. Um, and what, um, you know, have you got like a, a, a game plan? What, what are your plans for the documentary? 
Well, what we want to do is we want to take all the stories of what we're hearing from eyewitness accounts, what we're reading in books, what we're seeing, uh, you know, online, and we want to find proof to those. Mm-hmm. So that when we do come out with the documentary, what people will see from what they're reading on, say, a website like Wikipedia about the phantom dog that was in Abington that ripped the throats out of two ponies that had glowing red eyes that, say, emerged from Huckamuck Swamp. We, wanna, we, we found the truth to that. We actually have the actual newspaper article. Mm-hmm. Or the mysterious balloon over Bridgewater on October 31st, 1908. We have that actual article as well. Mm-hmm. We want to find proof to these as well as more, and we want to we want to show people that there are still bizarre and odd and unusual events still going on to this day, higher than any other town, such as car accidents or or deaths or suicides or anything or bizarre like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we want to uh, really create a documentary that shows people that the, we, we feel the main areas in the Bridgewater Triangle is the three Bridgewaters, and it's not so much the other towns as um, it's been said. Uh, town, the other towns are not as active as the other towns, like, for instance, Brockton or or Easton or Abington or any of those towns. It's, it's mostly the Bridgewaters that have the most history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Which would actually be, like, at the top... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you guys are from Bridgewater. Give me a That's break. That's right. Is the Dover Devil part of the Bridgewater Triangle, or, or was that separate? I'm, I'm no, not sure. No, the, no. That's New Hampshire. Really? No, and that, that was actually Dover. the person that discovered that, the same person that discovered the Bridgewater Triangle, Lauren Coleman. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the Dover Demon? The Dover Demon. Yes, Dover Demon. Oh, yeah, I've heard stories of that. I I actually worked in an area for an ambulance company up that way, and we actually uh, used to cover that town. And everybody that you asked, they all knew about that. And uh, right. It was only 1977, so it wasn't that long ago. Right. No, no, it wasn't. But it's so this, not this, within the triangle, no. All right, so no. no. Yeah, I get I get discombobulated sometimes, and everyone that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I know you you guys you've actually kind of been tracking the um, you know amount of accidents. Yes. Yeah. We started um, last May. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely patterns. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a really active summer. Um, August, especially Route 24, um, lots and lots of accidents, unrelated to weather, seemingly without a cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of settled down a little bit. And then in December, and this is before the snow, they really started peaking again. Mm-hmm. And Manny and I noticed a lot of um, a lot of accidents. Boom! Right, starting off at like December 6th. And within two weeks, nine people in the Bridgewater Triangle were hit by cars as pedestrians. Wow. Now, I think that's really odd. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be willing to bet that more people got hit by cars in Bridgewater than in Boston that week. You know what I mean? Right. How could that be? And then the other pattern is it seems like people are getting into accidents where they're just driving down the street, and then all of a sudden they just veer off into the other lane into traffic, and they have no idea why. Mm-hmm. And it's not related to alcohol, drugs, or or weather. And mm-hmm. it just seems like there's a big question mark after every accident. 
Right. There's about, I don't know, at least six of those in the last month and a half. And, a, and about a six-mile radius. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unless we yeah, just have a so, lot of yeah. crazy the people. Accidents tracking the accidents, but all I can track right now is the birds and the fish. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so a lot weird. Of the... It's just so oh, bizarre. And it just got even crazier today. Mm-hmm. I heard Texas, you know, um, China. China is unconfirmed, but I heard a story that eagles are falling in China. That seems a little um, sensational, so I'm not sure if I believe that. What's but falling? Eagles. Beetles. Eagles. Eagle. Eagle. Eagles. Eagle? Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you made that um, up for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not just occurring in Arkansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Florida, and Maryland. Now it's international. Hmm. Um, yeah. It is absolutely bizarre. I actually um, just got an email from um, the guy that interviewed us for Before It's News dot com, and we've been going back and forth with this whole bird fish thing. And he sent me a really interesting article that came out by NASA today, proposing that the um, polar shift that's supposed to occur next year already happened, and that's what's going on. Oh, and that might be why the the bee population has um, almost disappeared. Ninety-six percent of the honeybee population has disappeared unexplicably oh. since last summer. That's bad. Yeah, I mean it's I'm weird. Lying. It's something magnetically is definitely going on. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, question about it. I have just been informed that the Dover Demon is in Dover, Massachusetts, which is bordered by the towns of Natick, Wellesley, Needham, Dedham, Westwood, Sherborne, Walport, and Medville. Ha! I thought yeah, it was it's all, it's all farmland up there. Triangle, though. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's all farmland up there. So, so uh, another people, another thing that we've that so what Kristen are you saying? Know is, <laughs> what was that? Oh, no, I was saying another thing that Kristen and I have noticed is a lot of the events that take place uh, within the Bridgewater Triangle or the boundaries ha- happen to fall on a particular date uh, back in time, such as the the Middleborough Middleborough had a drowning last year. Kristen will tell you. Uh, that that fell on a particular date dating back to King Philip's War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? we actually didn't. Like, we keep track of um, everything that happens in the Triangle pretty much, and we're always going back and forth. And I didn't even make these date correlations until I was just putting everything on my blog. And I was like, this is bizarre. The first weird date correlation was um, June 24th last summer, and it happened in Bridgewater on Lady Slipper Lane, and a construction worker went to walk into someone's house, and there was a six-foot black racer snake in full strike mode three feet in the air. And um, the police had to come and decapitate the snake. Oh. Well, I'm not saying that that's like the snake of the legends of the Hawkmock Swamp, but black racer snakes don't behave like that. They shy away from humans. It's not normal behavior. You know what I mean? And then come to find out that that happened on the exact date of the outbreak of King Philip's War, June 24th. And then there was another strange thing where a little boy drowned at Tispaquam Pond in Middleborough, and that happened to correlate on the, the anniversary of the end of King Philip's War, not only that exact date, but the exact date that Tis Paquin was captured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we find these little correlations, and it is, it is weird. And Manny, also, some uh, house in Bridgewater got struck by lightning on the 
exact date of the attack on Bridgewater, right? There was, yeah, and it also rained on that day, and it states in the textbook. Yeah, the weather was exactly the same as the the day that, yeah. yeah. For for the past two years on that particular day, it's actually rained. This should be a very uh, interesting documentary that you guys are putting together. I I, I find it... uh, very intriguing, especially with oh, the date back everything. Um, do you guys have a website uh, that someone could go to if they wanted to see, find out more about you guys? Sure. Well, we, we share do. them. We, you can find us at Bridgewater Triangle um, on Facebook, and we also have a blog called the Bridgewater Triangle dot com. Very cool. Nice. Okay. Okay. Our interview is under the paranormal section of. Uh, beforeitsnews.com. That's that's a very good website, and it's uh, it's under that you'll find it in the archives. Mm-hmm. Great. Very cool. Now, um, the one thing I, I did want to mention, going back to Freetown State Forest, is that we we were actually able to do an investigation there. Uh, we did go with Chris Balzano and Andrew Lake from uh, Greenville Paranormal, and uh, we went at night. We used thermal imaging cameras and, and other things. But uh, in that expedition, uh, Maureen actually, she's a transmedium, actually got taken over by some type of a creature. Oh, we've seen the footage. That's on YouTube. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's also on our website, which is com. But, yeah, uh, that was that night. That happened twice that night. So uh, you're I, one of the people in the video, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm the one oh, that. Oh, good. Th- I'm going to watch it again. No, that's I'm, so creepy, man. I'm the one that throws it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. the old guy. The old guy uh, that throws it to the ground. The old handsome guy, right? The old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's, actually, she's actually dislocated my finger that night, so it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a strange place. It really is a strange place. And, that, and, uh, that footage actually is what. Um, made before news interested in the Bridgewater Triangle. Really? Did you know that? That I did not know. Yeah, they they saw that and they were absolutely intrigued. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. There is a story, there is a story too, of in uh, Chris Balzano's book of the uh, the mad trucker of Copacut Road. In right. Years yep. ago, over 10 years ago, I was down there with, with my friend, and his cousin, and we were down there, and the road is, is all dug up. Once you get down there, you can only go two or three miles an hour, and you're getting thrown all over the place. And we were way, way out there, and we started seeing a few houses. And we, we thought it was amazing that somebody would actually have a house out there. I mean, if, if a fire truck or an ambulance ever needed to get out there or a police car, it would take them forever. Right. But um, we had gotten past the houses, and we were really deep in the woods, and we had seen headlights behind us, so we had thought maybe it was a quad, but then we could see that it was gaining on us, and it was wide. So we obviously started going faster and getting thrown all over the place, and we got to uh, a turn that ends up in Fall River, and the lights just completely vanished, Hmm. as if there was nothing there at all. So years later, Chris Balzano comes out with the book of The Mad Trucker of Copacut Road, so it's a possibility. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but... We did get chased by something, and it, it wasn't a quad, and it was moving very fast, and it was it was headlights, and it did look like a truck. Wow. Uh, we don't know if it was somebody that lived in that house, but whoever it was was going fast, and, you know, you're getting thrown all over the place because the road is, is all 
deep potholes. Right. Had to believe, uh, yeah, that they could do that. Yeah. yeah, A normal person, you know? Yeah. So we don't know what it was. Right. Wow. I've heard a lot of stories, like I said. I am not a Freetown expert by any means, but I've heard a lot of stories about people still seeing the hooded people to this day, the satanic worshippers. Mm. And um, I've heard, like, kids say that party there. Yeah, we, you know, that's where we party, but if we see the hooded people, we take off. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a good idea. If I saw hooded people, I think I'd take off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really creepy. Now, the... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say a lot of people know of the Kyle Drew and Robin Murphy, how they were satanic people that, that were out there back years ago. And um, Robin Murphy is, of course, out on parole, and <laughs> Kyle Drew is currently in jail still. But there's you know, questions that arise whether or not there's satanic activity still going on out there. If there is, and there is underground huts, you'll never find them. The area is so big. And there yeah, is a theory that Rob that Rob Murphy was the ringleader and not Carl Drew. And that's what he's always claimed. And um, we've heard from inside sources that the girl is a genius, has a genius IQ, and it's very, very possible that she was um, slick enough to get off get get off with murder. And she just got a government job, making like one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Wow. People are so pissed about that. <laughs> right, that's more than air makes. That just that just made news. Uh, yeah. Do you remember it's, that, Ian? It's it slightly more than I make. Up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a little there's, bit. Just a little bit. Uh, no, there's I another book. Miss that. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, there's another book called Killing Season, which is a book about um, I believe it was 18 prostitutes that were found throughout New Bedford, and I believe. Some of them were found in the Freetown State Forest, and they actually never found who actually the uh, who the killer was. They had a couple people in custody, but they never actually convicted anyone. And once again, there was a lot of bodies that were found in that forest back in back in the day. And the book is called Killing Season. I, I forget what year it was. Kristen, do you remember what year that Alan said it was? It had to have been in the early '90s or late '80s. Yeah. For the public, when the book was published, when when the, that was going oh, on, oh, early seventies, mm-hmm. early seventies, yeah. I think. Well, that would yeah, be the place to put them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let me ask you: What would you say is probably the oddest thing about the Bridges, Bridgewater Triangle? One that even you guys have investigated for a, while, a long time. That just sit there and you say, hmm. Well, for me, it's the murders, no doubt. The historical murders um, and the insanity in the towns of East, West, Bridgewater, and Bridgewater. Um, there's definitely a pattern historically of a families killing other family members. And it's almost like the same story over and over again. It's bizarre. And, like, some of the historical headlines reads, like, Bridgewater girl gets murdered because she refuses pie. Um, um, father murdered over, or father's brains bashed out over sack of potatoes. Like, really, really strange occurrences. <laughs> and there was just, um, the most recent one was in June, where a um, husband got into a fight with his ex-wife and came after the whole family with a hammer. Ouch. 
a hammer and a screwdriver. And it's weird because a hammer and a screwdriver are often the, the weapons of choice in these <laughs> historical murders. It's just like you, are you, you kind of see a pattern. Yeah. Ab- yep, absolutely. And um, so for me, that's absolutely fascinating. Ah. You know, the, mur- the murders and the insanity. Because in the accident, because statistically, if you look at a graph, even like of the last 10 years, comparing these towns to the national average, these towns tower over them in suicides, murders, and accidents. I mean, you can just see it. And it's pretty shocking to see. Mm-hmm. It's not towering over by a little bit, <laughs> you know? Right. right. What about you, Manny? I just think it's amazing how the stories keep coming, unlike any other area in the world. For instance, the Bermuda Triangle, you never hear on the news or you never see anyone talking about a ship or a plane that disappeared or, or and, you know, the Lizzie Borden house that they saw something when they stayed there. But the stories just keep coming with the Bridgewater Triangle. Mm-hmm. They just keep coming and coming. People see odd lights. Right. They see things in the sky. They see, you know, no matter who you talk to, they will tell you that they know all about the area. They've seen odd things. They've, right. they've witnessed things. And it's just, to this day, the stories just continue to come. Every day there's a new event that takes place in that area that coincides with a date back in time, or it's just a bizarre event, whether it's a death, whether it's a murder. And, um, you know, with the insanity of what Kristen was talking about, uh, Bridgewater State Prison, um, right. is one of, I think, I think it's one of the worst prisons. And there's a, there's a 1967 documentary that a lot of people are not familiar with because it was banned. I have it, but it was banned and it's called Titicket Foley. Mm-hmm. And it's a black and white documentary that showed the treatment that the prisoners received at, uh, Bridgewater State Prison. And if you see this documentary, when you finish watching it, you will never look at Bridgewater or, uh, that prison the same as um, the insanity and everything that took place in that area. So I think that with all the Bridgewaters, the stories that just keep coming, and it's full of so much history that um, there is something there, and it's just kind of uh, it's kind of odd right. how people right. keep seeing things. I, I know that uh, uh, Nathan in the uh, Tojinet chat room mentioned uh, the fires at Anawan Rock, and... Uh, that's a phenomenon that's been seen many times, and, and I've interviewed some people that have, have actually witnessed it themselves. And uh, have you done any research on that at all as far as... Oh, Anawan uh, Rock is my uh, my second favorite place in the Triangle. I've done tons of research on the rock. Um been there many times. Um, I have gotten smoke and pictures, um, never heard anything, smelt anything, or felt anything, um, but... One time I was just preparing for a a ghost tour that I did in Rehoboth and Taunton a couple of years ago, and it was the night before the tour, and it was right after the anniversary of Anwan's capture. They call it Anwan's Rock because that's where um, Chief Anwan, who took over for two weeks trying to carry on the war after King Philip was um, killed, um, that's where he was captured. So when we went down there, we see three flashlights in the in the darkness, and they're like just three people running out of the woods. And mm-hmm. it was a guy in his fifties and his two kids that were in their twenties. And the guy was like covered in sweat, and it was in it was in September, and it was like sixty degrees, and he was scared to death. And I was like, "Did you guys just see something?" And they're like, "Yep." 
Yeah, I'm like, well, what what happened? They said, well, we were standing on top of the rock. It got really, really cold, and then all of a sudden, there were a hundred eyes staring at us, and uh-huh. then we just and then we just ran out. Wow. And um, come to find out, they go there all the time. They live in Rehoboth. They go there all the time, and they they like to go on the anniversary on August 28th, but they couldn't make it. So I was trying to talk them into going back in, and they were like, absolutely no way, no, 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 <laughs> not going back in there. And then they were telling me more stories that they got an EVP a few years back and said, Neotom. And they're like, we don't know what that means. That really freaked us out. And I said, oh, well, that means friend. That's Wampanoag for friend. I said, that's right. good, you know. And um, they said, really? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And they said, all right, we'll go back in. So they came <laughs> back in with me. And I found out, like, it's a long story, and we're not going to have time for it tonight, the whole story. We, of actually, we actually have about a minute left. Yeah, but um, it, with the exact spot where Anawan was captured was the exact spot that they saw the eyes. I thought that was really interesting. Ten minutes more, I would have been there if I was there ten minutes earlier. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and uh, talking a little bit about the uh, Bridgewater Triangle and... Uh, Want to get about where people can find you? Oh, okay. Um, Bridgewater Triangle on Facebook or the BridgewaterTriangle.com. Okay, Manny and uh, Kristen, thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Bye, Ann. Great. Bye-bye. Great to talk to you. Have a good you. night. Bye, Manny. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, just as I mentioned before, we, we have that uh, wonderful, e- well, I don't know if it's EVP, but this well, let's play it. It's a forest sound. It's from Australia. It's a forest sound. It's supposed to be a half sheep, half man creature. Let's listen to it. It's a head No, it's something no. there. No. Is, it? is that a koala? Can, you, can everyone just be quiet? Like qu- I want to get this on audio. Just shh, shh, shh. Creepy. Yeah, that was, almost... given, that was given to us by uh, Haunted Australia, the TV show in Australia. One of their investigations, they went to this place where this creature was supposed to be oh. uh, hanging out, and that's what they recorded. Wow. So, what'd you think of it? It's it's almost, um, it's, it's, I, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It almost sounds like a, a human kind of scream at pot, and, you know, and part of it. Yeah. You know, like a... I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't. I can't say that I've ever heard anything. And I live right in the woods. I mean, we hear coyotes and and you name it. Right, of course, this is Australia too, and they have different type of things. Right, that's true. In a different country, but that was definitely creepy. Yeah. That would anyway. Be 
<laughs> It'll give me goosebumps. <laughs> there you go. We'll have to uh, put that up somewhere. But anyways, uh, I, I do have a couple of events coming up, and we're just about out of time, about 30 seconds. Uh, on the 15th, we will be doing a ghost hunt at the end Magnolia in Gloucester. Uh, we were there for our Halloween party, and, uh, well, you know how that went. Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it's a cool place, and we will be investigating. Uh, you get our tickets from the website, which is inegosproject.com, uh, in the letter N, the letter E, egosproject.com. Also, uh, on the third Tuesday of the month, we have a uh, paranormal study group at Circles of Wisdom in Andover, and uh, we'll be uh, showing the other side, which is a documentary on... Uh, Paranormal by skeptics, experts, tour guides, all kinds of things. And then finally, Dining with the Dead on the final uh, Monday of the month. So, time to thank everybody and time to wrap it up. Thank you and good night. Good night and God bless. See you next week. Bye-bye. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.